This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. It is a sunny September. It is very warm. I am your host, Anne Gripper, and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Daily Mirror Royal Editor, Russell Myers. Hello, Russell. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. It's been a funny old week in the Royal Land. So last week we were talking about, you know, various bits of scandal and drama armor, and then a whole load more rocked up suddenly and you know we've had a bit of a bit of charles and what's going on with the the people who get nice uh, letters after their names an investigation i think from sunday times and then there's um ongoing with prince andrew which we'll update on later and um then the thing that it's one of those big sort of unspoken things it's like what happens after the queen dies and you know we periodically talk about it a little bit no we don't really want to because we don't really want to think about that day and what will happen because it will fundamentally be quite a big um upturning of of things in the world but it's really not the done thing to leak the plans about what is going to happen when the queen dies and that is exactly what happened on friday so it was in the politico um newsletter in the morning scoop of uh, you know <laughs> revealing all of the details and it's quite funny because periodically the details do come out because there is some kind of a briefing or there is some kind of thing that happens and basically it, my theory is somebody says well well I've, I could, this is too good a story I'm just going to write it and um, and they do it anyway so I think that that has happened in the past because periodically people do have to talk about what's going to happen when the queen dies i mean she's a lady of, of advanced years who i would imagine knows that this day will come to her one day and i would imagine that she has made her own funeral plans and what she wants we certainly know that prince philip did but anyway why why is it such a big to do and also what do what do we what do we know because that's the other thing is we do all want to know the details about about what happens we're both disapproving and wildly curious i think is that the first summary russell yes i think so i think listen it's it's um what the issue with these plans are and they've been long held is that the the longer the queen lives and the more briefings they give i suppose the more people that are going to know about them or think they do know a version of them so i i think start from the top you know this this is a major leak um there are only a select band of people who know about these plans at any one time. And that will, of course, include people at the palace. It would include people at various um, government departments. And of course, it will include people like me. 
they're very, very, very special people who get invited to, <laughs> to briefings and um, on pain of death, may you release any of those uh, details that you are given in a very, very privileged position. And I think we all do realise that. Um, However, because of the Queen's advancing years, and we're not sort of hoping that these plans are put into to place at any time soon, there's of course um, some sort of transition period where people leave their jobs and these plans need to be updated, especially with the coronavirus crisis. And I think that is what uh, Politico were hinting at, that the, that the plans had been changed because of COVID um, and they were, they were being given the most up-to-date plans of um, of operation london bridge now the issue is that um I, I, again there is uh, an awful lot of frustration i would say and um annoyance at the palace and indeed the government that, that someone would leak these details because it is given to certain people on such a trusted basis and that why that's why it makes it particularly uh, uh, uncomfortable to to be discussing them I suppose, but once they are out, um, it's uh, it's an undeniable truth that um, you can't put back back in the bag. So, of course, they're going to be discussed. I'm sure that um, you know they, they were repeated across the world, unfortunately. And again, I, I, I'll come back to that deep frustration that was explained to me by the you know the, by the palace that they knew the sort of genie was at the bottle somewhat, and um, it's very difficult to put it in. However. Um, we 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 later revealed that this 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 leak of these top secret plans and i put that in inverted commas is um is actually being investigated and and could be the um result in a, an official an official government probe it, and it does transpire that the um the cabinet office are looking into this leak because I think everyone can be safe in the knowledge that it wasn't a royal uh, reporter who who leaked these plans. It didn't appear in any sort of um, you know national newspaper or uh, public or, or organisation like the BBC. It was on, as you rightly said, Politico, the the politics website. And so um, one can only assume that the this leak came from someone in government. And so that's why the first. Um, thing that the uh, cabinet office has to establish is which version of these closely guarded plans has been published because they are updated regularly and if um you know there were instances i mean i i i know the bulk of what was being discussed but of course there were little snippets that um i think were were quite interesting um and so therefore the uh, the cabinet office or the investigators will have to determine whether they were new details that have only just been discussed or amended to the original plan that has been going on since the the 1960s um and is given to, to trusted members of government and um, and reporters like myself um in in fine detail every every so often so uh of course listen it's very very interesting it made front page news all around the world i'm sure uh on the day and day after um but it's probably quite probably quite annoying and I wouldn't necessarily say upsetting because I think, you, as you said, uh, the Queen is probably used to these sorts of things. But I do think it's um, it's been a tough time, you know, for the Queen recently. We had Charles's. You've got all the business with Andrew, and we'll come on to that later. There's obviously been other developments over the last uh, couple of weeks. Harry and Meghan saga are obviously running on, but if, then you had. Charles's charities um, have been embroiled in, in a cash for access 
scandal recently or and also uh, another scandal about people taking um, fees to have dinner with him at Dumfries House. So there is an awful lot of going on. And um, and while the Queen has been trying to enjoy her, her summer holidays, I'm sure that this is just another thing that will have um, quite rightly annoyed her. And it certainly annoyed people at the palace. And, uh, and I think that's all, all you need to know. Well, handily enough, Prime Minister Boris Johnson was visiting Balmoral at the weekend, so that won't have been awkward well, over the cornflakes yeah. and the croquet at all. Absolutely. And um, uh, and as I said, the, the Cabinet Office are investigating this, and certainly um, Boris Johnson it may be landing on his desk um, any time over the next few weeks, because I imagine he will take quite a keen interest in this, because uh, you know not only was he having to face the Queen at Balmoral, he has to face her every week either if it's on the telephone or uh, or in person or in normal times so um yeah quite an embarrassing episode i think so we've known for some time that it's called operation london bridge in terms of the details that were put out in the politico um you know the politico reporting it's always quite difficult for someone like you russell who has both the things that you have been told and then also the things that you have have read and remembering which are the things that need to remain in russell's brain on pain of going yes, to the yeah, tower if yeah, you release yeah. them out of your head to us um to so luckily thing go in get, goes it go in my head one one minute and come out the next yeah. so it's not too hard. or maybe that makes it harder to be honest write it all down somewhere isn't it but um what were the sort of some of the sort of key details um that illustrate how both what will happen sort of in the immediate aftermath of the queen's death and then also that sort of transitional phase well i think people think it's you know they do think it's quite interesting of um when you know the 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 process that is put in place as soon as the queen dies who are i think it was it was put together as a cascade of calls is how politico put it and and certainly the calls that will be made from the head of the household, um, uh, the, the private secretaries de- filtering down into government, Boris Johnson being told how the announcement will be made um, to from the from the royal household, informing the world really, and and so what this puts into motion, um, which will last ten days, and I think most people know that the day of death is d and you go on to d plus 10 and the 10 days after the uh, queen passes away we will have her funeral but obviously in the interim period there's quite a lot of uh, interesting things that happen and that is you know the careful management of hundreds of privy councillors who get summoned including the prime minister and senior ministers um to ex- to attend the session council which is um you know, all the sort of senior government figures and whatnot, all the bigwigs meeting at St. James's Palace to proclaim the new King Charles as the new sovereign. And obviously, we live in a very modern world. Well, me and you probably don't with this with the social <laughs> media, but sometimes we try, we try. But I, what I found quite interesting, which kind of seems a bit normal, or you would you would presume that this is what's going to happen, but when it's in black and white in front of you, um, it is quite interesting. It does say that you know, the, the royal family's website and social media and government websites will all be carefully managed, changing change to a black holding page with a short statement confirming the Queen's death. And you can just see it on Twitter and all the social medias now that this is the thing that will be repeated and that will be mainly how people find out about it because yeah. let alone the statement on the BBC or 
the the snap from the press association it will be on social media that people see this news for the first time and um and certainly that uh, that's a very interesting aspect of it um yeah i thought again, i thought that was interesting as well the sort of um banality about some of it as well as some of it is really obvious you know there are going to be people who are making a series of phone calls and you know yes there is sort of strict wording but it's not it's it's the kind of thing that you could you or i could come up with if we sat down and had to had to do a thing and then changing the banners to to black on social media and changing the avatars to something sort of plain and just the crest both for the government departments and for the for the households but it's it's that thing of when you've got such a big operation you need to write everything down because otherwise inevitably you, something will get forgotten and it will be noticed and you just have to when it you know all kinds of chaos is breaking this and it's all emotional as well trying to remember you can't remember everything so you do have to write down even the most banal um banal details and i thought it was interesting you know we've got to get all the flags to half mast in 10 minutes and there's this story from a few years ago about we don't actually have enough people who know how to lower flags and what happens if the flag lowerers aren't on duty and how do you how do you do that well that was very interesting so but the the, the detail in politico which i, I don't suppose is too contentious contentious but um it said in in during one of the rehearsals several years ago that um downing street i mean they have this diktat saying that they were very that the flags must be lowered on government buildings within 10 minutes of the announcement as a show of respect and when they did the rehearsal they didn't actually have anyone to go up to the top of the roof and lower the flag i mean how hard could it be how many how many politicians or people in number 10 do you need to take down the flag but they couldn't do it in 10 minutes and there was a detail within the piece saying that they were very concerned about public the public reaction the revulsion that would take place not only in the country but i imagine around the world the interest and attention that would um, garner that they couldn't get the flag flag down in time because they didn't have enough well i don't know not flag bearers are they flag bearers or people take the flags down anyway so they they seem to have solved that particular conundrum i don't know how Maybe they've employed one person to stand there 24 hours a day. Or, um, but they seem if they've to have got any it. sense in this modern world, here's an idea for you, Russell. Maybe they could get it all like set up on the Wi-Fi and they could ask, Alexa, lower the flags. Wow, I mean, that probably could happen. Maybe you'll have to get I that can... done in your house. Can you tell we've just got like a new one? I'm learning new things to do with it. I can only imagine what that looks like, to be honest with you. Um... <laughs> The other thing that was spotted by my my good husband, uh, Ben Glaze, he spotted that the um, greeting of the coffin at St Pancras Station, I think it was St Pancras, King's Cross St Pancras, by the way, suggested that it was a plan that was being made for essentially if she died at Balmoral, because that would be the where the train would come into for that. That was his theory, because obviously if she died at Windsor, getting the train from Windsor, you wouldn't take the coffin from Windsor around to St Pancras, that would not be a logical thing to do. For well, it's part, it's part of the plans, isn't it? I mean, she, she, she could have died, um, she could have died many years ago while she was abroad on a foreign tour. She could pass away when she's at Balmoral, she could pass away when she's at Windsor. And I think that this comes into the sort of uncomfortableness that many people feel about when you're actually looking at detail like that. Um, and who's going to be there? Who are the first people to go, be there to welcome the coffin? Then it gets a bit morbid, doesn't it? But but of course, there are so many different um, plans and intricacies of those plans that have to be laid out and put, put onto paper. It doesn't mean that they're all going to happen at one time. Of course they're not. There are, there are 
there's just got to be so many levels and this huge gargantuan task of many many government departments needs to uh, needs to come into play doesn't it and then interesting as well that the sort of the prince charles tour of the four nations or visits to the four nations and i think probably it's moments like that when you get a real sense of for the royal family the level of sort of duty that comes out and to a certain extent we saw it with the queen as well after prince philip's death of you know you don't stop well you don't stop being queen just because your husband's died but in prince charles's case as and when his mother dies he cannot sort of grieve just just you know take take time which any of us would do if we lost a loved one so take time to be with our loved ones and remember privately and and feel sad and reflect on their lives and do what we need to do he's going to be asked to do what his his country believes he should be doing essentially or the or the palace believes that he should be doing to to i guess well honor his mother's memory but very publicly and to ensure the and to a certain extent to ensure her legacy i guess because she has been you know very popular and respected and it's a it will be a big mantle for him to take on yeah absolutely i mean it's it's it's, it's quite a bizarre situation isn't it but i suppose the handing of the uh, the crown is um is just so unique and and certainly in in our country i think it will be have attention from around the globe um billions of people will be watching to see what happens in those days and certainly there'll be there'll be very little time for grieving one would assume um because there's such a packed schedule and that really does start um with the the queen's passing and, and obviously goes into several days after it the session council and and then the, this tour around the uk and i think that many people wouldn't have necessarily known about that and that's what um it's sort of i'm loath to even talk about it because i don't want to destroy the sort of majesty of, of when it eventually happens i think that that will be such an incredible historic event um that uh that 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 those those real finer details should be left for um for another day and it will also be interesting i mean there's a sort of warning that london may become full well that's it people gather and it will be you know we've when prince philip died we were obviously in very much in coronavirus lockdown time so there was a limit to how much gathering could happen obviously you know royal weddings of Meghan and Harry and William and Kate were huge, huge, huge events with lots and lots of people on the on the streets and things. But it will be it will be interesting to see. I mean obviously Princess Diana's funeral and the aftermath of her death is kind of a very particular touchstone. And I think, you know, there's there's a big difference to the death of a young mum dying in a car crash tragically versus the death of a a, a woman who has you know whenever whenever it comes that it, it is the queen's time she will have lived an extraordinary life for many you know for many years and i think all, all of us would hope that we could live as as well into our 90s as as she has done seemingly very much still able to in you know enjoy what life has mm. to offer and making the most of it at all times but i think you know the sort of how how people do connect with that and whether whether there is that feeling of needing to be there particularly now that we've spent so much time not being at things and 
and the the shift in our society that's happened over the last eighteen months. Yeah, I think I think there will be. I think that um, it will be something not seen since the days of Diana's death, and I'm sure you will have this huge outpouring of emotion publicly, not only you know a- across the UK but um, around the world. And so this uh, the interesting comments from the security services saying that there was a real fear that London could become full um, was particularly interesting. I mean, trains, tubes, the roads will grind to a halt. There will be so many people, millions and millions of people on the street, something that, again, has not been seen since um, since those since those days of Diana's death. Um, and possibly even more so because you imagine people coming into the country as well. This is and this is going to be such a huge historical moment that um, that people will, will want to share. Absolutely, but hopefully not anytime soon. So we will very much look forward to talking about the Queen's visits and excitements and out and abouts for a long time to come, please. So thank you very much for sharing those details, but let's not have to put them into action for a little while yet. Right. Well, where should we, where should we go next? Let's, let's talk quickly about Prince Charles, because obviously he's got this big job coming up. So things where he's in the headlines for the wrong reasons are fairly unhelpful. And, um, you know, there's some suggestion that, um, sort of, well, the way was smoothed for somebody to get some honours from him at a private attendance and mm. and such like. It's just a bit unseemly. It's a, it's a bit murky, isn't it? I mean, this is not this is coming hot on the heels of um, Prince Charles's charity launching an ethics investigation. The charity is the, the Prince's Foundation, which raises money for good causes. It's been in the news uh, previously because it's raised. Uh, quite considerable sums to 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 do up a couple of these houses, especially in, in Scotland, and to to restore them. Um, I don't think he's putting like gold taps in and stuff, but he's certainly being able to restore them and protect the furniture in them for the for the country as well as the monarchy. And that has been heralded and and is been able to attract a lot of wealthy donors. Now, a couple of weeks ago, um, this ethics investigation was launched because there were claims that middlemen were taking quite significant cuts up to about 25% from um, £100,000 fees for setting up dinners involving wealthy donors and uh, and Prince Charles at Dumfries House. And then at the weekend, it emerged that there were further allegations in two Sunday newspapers that um, the CEO of the Prince's Foundation, which is a guy called Michael Fawcett, who previously has hit the headlines because he's been involved in uh, a couple of issues um, to do with finances in the past. Um, he was, he's been previously Prince Charles's most trusted aide, his valet. And Charles has said to him, listen, I can not said to him, he said publicly before I could do with that without almost anyone except for Michael. And that tells you of the closeness between them. Now these allegations centre on the fact that uh, there there are emails uh, published in the Sunday Times and the Mail on Sundays um, saying that Michael Fawcett was promising to help secure a knighthood and British citizenship for a Saudi billionaire donor. And uh, not only was he using sort of his position and influence to help Mahfouz Murray Mubarak bin Mufaz obtain this uh, this honorary title which was then bumped up from an OBE to a CBE 
he was also sort of being lent on allegedly by people connected to the Saudi billionaire um, to sort of try and rush this through and smooth the process of citizenship. Now, the reason why it gets interesting is not because of where the money has come from or whether this is cash for honours. It, it gets sort of even deeper because the reasons why potentially someone from Saudi Arabia may be willing or wishing to, um, to, to rub shoulders with the aristocracy and indeed the British monarchy is because pressure could undoubtedly come um, onto their shoulders if they're a rich person in, uh, in, in Saudi Arabia. Um, and how did they get their money? Where are they spending their money? How are they related to the kingdom over there? And I think that um, this is uh, this is something that isn't going to go away, unfortunately. Charles has released a statement through Clarence House saying that he has no knowledge of these claims of impropriety and is welcoming the investigation or investigations, should I say, that are ongoing. But it certainly is very, very uncomfortable indeed. Um, he was in Glasgow in Scotland today visiting a museum and uh, an educational project and um, not unsurprisingly didn't go into any details didn't even mention it um, I don't know whether he was doorstepped or not but I've spoken to people who were there and certainly that uh, that he, he's not going to, to say anything else on the matter while these investigations are ongoing but very very uncomfortable indeed and uh, we'll have to watch this space to see what those investigations um, dig up Okay, so that's one of the ongoing investigations. Um, another arrival up in Scotland is Prince Andrew. Well, yes, I mean, God, it's, it's been it's been very busy, hasn't it? I yes. think um, you know. I think we were speaking a week or so ago. Uh, oh gosh, no time. A week ago about the us. about the challenge of trying to get the papers to him. To well, to so that's the a, papers. and absolutely. So I was down, I was having a little weekend away in Windsor. I had a lovely walk in Windsor Great Park in my busman's, busman's holiday session and found um, some big trees planted for coronations and jubilees from back in the day and also saw Royal Lodge from a distance behind some trees. You know, nice big grand house, but not very easy to get to. I didn't go up and try and knock on the door to just see whether, you know, see whether the lawyers were being a bit lazy in their attempts to serve the papers. But, you know, the it's... It's still going on, this whole thing, this whole mess. Well, it is. And again, I, I, this is definitely not going away anytime soon. If you think Charles's lot are in a pickle, well, Prince Andrew is in more of a pickle, it would seem, because um, there is a court date coming up, and that is on September the 13th, which I believe is next Monday. And that is when it appears that um, Virginia Gouffray's lawyers are going to go back to court in order to ask for more time in in order to serve these papers on Prince Andrew. And the understanding is that he hasn't been served these legal papers in question. Just a bit of a recap that the, the seemingly archaic law in this um, civil suit in the US means that they ha the, the, the defendant in this case, which is Prince Andrew, has to be served these papers actually in person. And quite um, comedically, he's been in a in a castle in Scotland, and and then he was hiding out and um, at his mansion in Windsor Great Park in the shadow of another castle uh, in Windsor. So he has now gone back up to Balmoral, and there was the report saying that he was going stir crazy in his house because he couldn't leave because he doesn't want these papers to literally, literally be served to him. I'm sure there's security on the gates. Although someone nearly got into the front door. Do you remember that woman? 
a few that was a few months ago got up to the front door and said she was one of his girlfriends i mean there's some weird <laughs> weird goings on i mean that's down there. might be a good tactic maybe they've so, not tried that one yet well maybe they should <laughs> maybe they should um dress up in a cocktail dress and said they're there for a party i don't know so he's gone back up to balmoral i have been speaking to a few people today and it appears that you know Andrew is very, very bullish about this. And I'll sort of give you a bit of um, uh, some details. The last couple of weeks, it's been explained to me that he's going to carry on this wall of silence amid these sexual abuse allegations. And again, just to recap, um, Virginia Gaffray, who was um, uh, a sex trafficking victim of the late disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein, um, she was trafficked around the world when she was just 17 by uh, by Epstein and uh, and his cohorts and uh, and she claims um, that she was forced to have sex with Prince Andrew on three occasions. Now, obviously, they, these claims have been vehemently denied by Prince Andrew at every uh, step of the way. However, she has launched a civil lawsuit in New York, and um, and she has to get these papers to him in order for him to respond. And when they do get those papers to him, he has twenty one days to do so. However. If they don't, hopefully you're still following me because it does get quite complicated. If they don't serve the papers on him, they need to go back to court, apply for a 60-day extension, and then it just rolls over again and again. Now, if you speak to any legal um, expert worth their sort in the US, they are saying that this is going to just go on and on and on. Maybe two, maybe three, maybe five years this could go on for. So... It's, um, it's a particularly uneasy background to all of this. However, someone very close to Andrew that I spoke to um, just in, in the last day or so was saying that, you know, he's being very bullish. He's, he's, he's going around essentially um, suggesting that he will return to public life at some stage and is he almost earmarking the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations in order to have cleared his name in order to move forward, in order to get back to royal duties. Now, I think privately people in the palace will tell you that there is very, very little chance of that happening. And I have spoken to people who have said that he will have absolutely no chance of being involved in the Platinum Jubilee celebrations. Um, so read into it what you will. I think there are two very, very different stories coming from two different camps. Um, Virginia Gaffray's lawyers have said you know he should not be hiding behind the, the, the veil of the monarchy and um, he needs to answer the issues at hand and that will be in a court of law they are absolutely adamant that that will happen um, it's all very very murky it continues to be but uh, again we haven't heard from Prince Andrew once again after his initial denial and uh, and he's going to maintain this wall of silence um, I mean I just give you an indication of how um, what they think of it. I don't even think, I've been told that the lawyers, Prince Andrew's lawyers, will not even be at that hearing or have any representation at that hearing on September the 13th. So they are understood to be beavering away, working on the on the civil case that's been put forward by Virginia Caffrey. Um, but uh, but we're yet to hear from them. So again, I think this is, a, is something that um, isn't going to go away and we're going to be talking about it for a long time to come. <sighs> On and on and on. Right. So the other thing that we're waiting for at some stage is when Meghan and Harry might come back 
and visit the UK if they will come <laughs> back at some stage. So there was a, and then at the weekend there was a Med Plans Queen Summit, and I think there's a great quote on the front page of Sun on Sun on Sun on Sunday about you know the no the, some Palisade being quoted as being like the cheek of it or the nerve well, of it or something listen, like that. It's just a bit I like, mean, we were talking just before and and. Uh... We were saying if you say it if you say it enough times, it will come true one of those times, won't it? I mean that's that's He's I think saying that's Meghan exactly, and Harry will come to visit. Exactly. Stage, they will eventually to. come, yeah. Um I, I, I think this is a case of that. I don't think that there's been any um any real push to to come over. I think that there are tensions are still very, very high in that um in in that sphere of things. Um Certainly, the, the 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 Oprah Winfrey interview seems to be still very very fresh in the memory for a lot of people, and so whether they would be welcome back at open arms to sit around the the Christmas table, I, I wouldn't bet uh, on that at the moment. I think there is an awful lot of other things going on at the moment. The royals are certainly putting their attentions to trying to get back to work over the next week or so, and I think we're going to see. Uh, a lot of activity, you know, as we, as, we, as the, all the children are back, people are coming back to the office. We're not yet, but pe- most people are trying to get back to the office. Just look at the, just look at the roads and the trains. They're packed with people. So life is beginning to get back to normal. And I think that that is an encouraging sign for not only all of us, but for the royal family who are intent on getting back to work. It's not only Prince Andrew wants to get back, back to work, the rest of them do as well. So yeah, William and Kate have been dealing with it, getting the kids back to school this week, but I would imagine we'll be starting to see them out and about quite soon. And I mean, in terms of Meghan and Harry, do you think it is possible for, is the problems of working with the fam- with your own family, really? Because this is sort of the, the business side of things, of, of that, like our role and how we fit into the big picture versus, here, Granny, this is our new baby. We want you to meet her. Like, is it possible do you think to even manage, begin to separate those two things? Well, yes, yeah, because they have to be because they're not working royals, are they? So it's about time they got on with their own life, um, not necessarily um, worry about other things going on. I think the business of the monarchy has to be treated very, very differently, and the business of their life and what they want from it is up to them, isn't it? Um, as long as they don't start, I mean, doing other interviews, which I've said many, many times, I don't think that will be the case. I think they will pop up once again. You'll see. And listen, we've got this memoir coming out next year. Gosh, I mean, that is going to be absolutely explosive, one would presume. Mm. So it's I certainly, just, I just don't it's see not going to go can... away, is it? I just don't see how you can have sit and have a cup of tea. I mean, you could, you could pretend that everything was normal. Make a pact. All right, we're not going to talk about any of the bad stuff. Well, isn't the, that what, the, the isn't that what they do? Well, isn't yeah, that true. what people do? I mean, you know... But it's not what Meghan and Harry do, though. That's the difference. Yeah, it's well, what the rest they, of the royal family traditionally have done, but they're not in the mood for... That's very true. And I imagine they, they may find... They, they, might, they might, may find... That difficult. They need to decide, don't they, what, what sort of relationship they do. You can't keep trashing people, whether it's, you know, you or I, you know, talking behind someone's back and then wanting to be their mate. Not that we do that. But no, I was going to say, Russell, know, what fucking doing? What you if, we, if we were saying, if we were saying, bloody hell, producer Dan, you know, 
he's the late one. Why is he always late? Which he, he never is. It's always me. But, <laughs> no, and then we were nice as pie. Oh, Dan, you're the best producer ever, which you are. But it, you just can't, you can't be like that, can you? you? Just in a normal world. So I think they do, they really need to decide what they want from, well, arguably they want the cake and eat it, don't they? And that's not going to happen. But if they do want to have a relationship with the Queen and they do want to be on the balcony for trooping and at the Queen's Jubilee and to be all, you know, representing the British monarchy in that state, in that sense, then surely you've got to toe the line a little bit. If you want to be in the bosom, bosom of the family for the Platinum Jubilee, then probably Meghan and Harry and Prince Andrew, who've all got, they all need to get their skates on a little bit in terms of trying to sort, out, sorting yeah. things out because it's, you know, it's next summer. Next summer, people. No, exactly. Um, anything that we should be looking out for in the next um, week or so? I think we might be back with another little cheeky summer feature next week um, before Russ and I are back together in a fortnight's time. But either way, we will provide you with some royal entertainment. Well, listeners, I so I got it wrong. I'm not. I, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, what a relief, Russell. We're all sorry. We should have cheering. There is cheering on the... Uh, oh. I can hear it. But yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, but I'm not here next week. Well, I might be, but I'm not. I'm not here next week. Well, I, I just... You. What are you even talking about? I That's don't even know. I, just I don't said. even know. I should just I mean, be quiet. If I, sh- you know, if I show up, I show up. So the... Um, what can I... What <laughs> what I have to deal with people. Never mind me. What I have to deal with. What poor producer Dan has to deal with. Seriously. What me. can I tell you? Fever. Fever um, Russell Myers. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, back in the room. Well, there is something tomorrow, but I can't tell you about it, which will be today in the time-space yeah. continuum. But the royals are starting to emerge and go do things. That's They are. Way, they are. Yeah, people are, doing, people are doing things. People are out and about. And there is going to be, let's just say, there's going to be a bit of activity towards the end of the week. And then I think next week it's going to get busier and busier. Suitably vague like a weather forecaster. It's like there'll be a bit of rain towards the end of this week. Yes, I know. It's like, my, yeah, terrible. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, Russell, thank you very much for joining us today and updating us on the uh, latest royal drama-rama. Um, listeners, thank you as ever for joining us. We always appreciate it and um, enjoy your messages on Twitter at PodSave and Instagram at PodSave as well. If you haven't already and have got some time, then please do give us a, a star rating and a follow on your um, podcast provider. We hope you enjoyed our summer specials. They were great fun to do and we look forward to doing more. As much as I do enjoy talking to Russell, it's nice to speak to some other people sometimes <laughs> as well. Probably uh, a lot better but, behaved than I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm sure. Mostly, mostly, <laughs> to be fair. I think you, you got cocky because you hang out with every week. Anyway. It's the sunshine. It's the sunshine. It it's gone to my head. There may have been funny noises partway through the podcast. Was, I think there was an ice cream van going along the street outside. Oh, you got to get out chasing down the road. You get out there. Anyway, listeners, do stay safe, stay well, and you, Russell, as well. And we'll be back very soon. But until next time... Pod save the Queen! <laughs> <laughs>